Welcome to Parallel Leaders. Every week, we come alongside you and focus on eight growth points to address the obstacles holding you back. Not only do you need to grow as a leader, but your team, your systems, your numbers, your finances, the expectations, the facilities, and your culture must grow. If you target and evaluate your organization, leadership, or department under the microscope of these eight growth points, you will optimize your effectiveness as a leader. And today's podcast is all about equipping you with the tools and conversations you need to move forward. So let's go. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Our first teaching, hopefully you've got the notes there available for you, but our first teaching we're going to talk about how to create unity within a team. Our subject tonight is going to be all about unity. And we're going to first look at how to create, how to do it, how to create unity within a team. The Greek fabulist Aesop wrote this, United we stand, divided we fall. I'm sure you've heard that statement before. United we stand, divided we fall. And chances are really good that he wasn't referring to the church, seeing how he was before that. But the transfer can easily be made, and Asap would agree with Jesus when Jesus said in Mark 3, verse 25, that if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And either we strive for unity in the church, or division is going to creep in. And an old Swahili proverb says, unity is strength, and division is weakness. Unity is strength, division is weakness. Have you ever considered that the word unity actually contains the word unit in it? A military unit is part of the whole army, but each unit has a particular task that they are to complete, which I think is very parallels very well with you know our team meetings like this, and each one of us are part of different units or different teams, different departments. We're all playing a role in the bigger church as well, just as Parallel Church. We are just a unit or department of the Big C Church on the planet. And so each part has a role, a specific task to complete. Each department has a particular task to complete. And simply put, Unity is found then when individuals work together as a whole to accomplish a common goal. So unity is found when when individuals work as part of a unit to accomplish a common goal. Individuals, units that work together to accomplish the big goal, that's part of unity as well. And it would be difficult to find someone who doesn't think unity is a good idea. (laughs) But how do we get it? And what does unity really look like? So how to create unity, particularly within your team or within your department, number one, the best way to do that is to clearly define the problem that your team or department is called to solve. So clearly define the problem your team or department is called to solve. I know that sounds intuitive and simple, but it's amazing to me how many teams, departments are unclear of the problem that they are particularly solving. And because of that, it's difficult to create unity. If you can have a clear problem to solve, people will rally around solving that problem. So here's some questions that you can ask yourself or you can ask your team. Uh, first question is, what problem is our team designed to solve? A number of years ago, I was a worship pastor before I was a pastor. And I remember 
coming to this realization and trying to create unity in our team. And I asked myself this question, well, what problem is the worship team designed to solve in the church? I think it's not just, we just come together and we're just playing music and that's fine. And that's good. If we had a problem to solve as a worship team, what problem are we designed to solve? And as I began to research and look it up, I realized that worship is really a weapon to overcome discouragement. And I latched onto that word discouragement. I was like, well, discouragement is a problem that we as a worship team can solve. That a lot of people come in on a Sunday morning battling discouragement or fighting discouragement or a tough week or whatever. And that we as a worship team, we say, okay, the problem that we're going to solve is discouragement. It unified the team. When I began to talk about that with the team, it unified the team around a problem to solve. It changed the way that we presented worship. Our parents had changed the songs that we sang. It changed what we were trying to accomplish with each song. We were looking for songs that would fill the room with joy. We're looking for songs that fill the room with peace. We're looking for songs that were particularly faith-built songs, that songs that are making God big or bigger than our problems and overcoming. So a great question to ask is what problem is our team designed to solve? What problem is, you know, my city care designed to solve? Or what problem is the host team designed to solve? What problem is kids ministry designed to solve? Then begin to look at each each team as a unit and saying, okay, well, what problem are we designed to solve? Just in kids ministry, you don't have to look too far and do some research and realize that it's around over 80% of kids that are raised within the church, statistically showing, actually fall away from God in, in their early 20s. And looking and going, okay, well, why is that? You're going, okay, that's a problem that we could solve, is that we want to create a space where kids are going to fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with the church so that they don't become one of those statistics, so that they find a, a personal connection with Jesus. But latch on and find out the team that you're part of and begin to discuss this and ask this problem. What problem is our team designed to solve? The second question that you can ask, if we don't get a clear answer on that one, is what would go undone if our team or department ceased to exist? Okay, so what would go undone if there wasn't a host team? What would go undone if there wasn't music? What, what would go undone if there wasn't service programming? What would go undone if we didn't have ushers or greeters? What would go undone if our team ceased to exist? Again, the, it helps us to find the problem. The clearer we are in the problem, the more unified people are going to be in rallying around becoming the solution to that problem. The third question that we can ask in this regard is what must be done in the environment we find ourselves in? Okay, well, what must be done in the environment we find ourselves in? Okay, this helps us again if if we identify the problem, we identify the environment's contributions to that problem and going, okay, how do we change the atmosphere as the music team to overcome discouragement? How, what must be done in the environment we find ourselves in? If people are coming in discouraged, what must be done that we can change that atmosphere, that environment that we find ourselves in, and how do we do that? So it changed, again, the way that people came in with moods or not moods or all of that when we had a common problem to solve. Fourthly, is this is important, is in under defining the problem is don't describe the idea before you have a clearly defined problem to solve. I think too often we as leaders, we give answers before to questions that nobody's asked yet. 
we provide solutions to to things that people haven't identified as a problem yet. So don't give what you do in particular, don't give what you do or the solution that you're providing until you have clearly defined the problem. Don't describe the idea before you have a clearly defined problem to solve. Secondly, number two, okay, so number one is clearly define the problem your team is or department is called to solve. Number two is offer a solution. Okay, this is again how we're creating unity in a team. We're clearly defining a problem that we're all solving. Secondly, we're going to clearly define the solution that we're all going to bring to that. And letter A under two is your vision is a solution to a problem and must be presented as such. Okay, your vision, your team vision, your department vision, your your campus vision is a is a solution to a problem and must be presented as such. So we need to be able to clearly define the problem. We need to offer that solution. And the vision that we cast when we talk with our team members or our volunteers that come on, that vision is the solution to the problem that we must and must be presented as such. Letter B under number two is vision. Then if we are defined, that is the mental picture of what could be, but it's fueled by a passion that it should be or must be. Okay, your vision is a mental picture of what could be. Okay, so we envision, you know, the atmosphere change. We envision people overcoming discouragement. We envision that, but it's not just good enough to have a vision without it being fueled by a passion. You know, a mental picture of what could be not fueled by a passion that it must be or it should be. That is, that's just a fantasy. That's a dream. That's that's not that's not a vision. A vision is a mental picture of something that could be accomplished but it's fueled by a passion that it has to be. It must be accomplished. That's that's the vision. The more passion that, the more clear you are on the problem you're called to solve, the more it's going to fuel the passion that you have to solve it, right, as the vision. So that's why it's important, first of all, to have a problem that you're, you're called to solve, and, and because that problem or the identifying of that problem is going to fuel passion in other people to solve that, solve that problem. So I remember when, when we first came to, and Pastor Ralph and, and Pastor Heidi can attest to this, but when I first came to Lethbridge, we started talking with this language and we started saying, okay, what problem is our church called to solve in the city? And one of the things that we identified is that the Lethbridge campus is on Highway 3, and that, you know, discovered that there's 30,000 cars that drive by our property on any given day, 30,000 cars that drive by. And I just asked the question, I was like, I wonder how many of the people that drive by our campus look at that sign and going, that place can help me, or that place is relevant to to my marriage or relevant to my, my life. And so I began to say, well, you know, the problem that we're called to solve, that problem, one of the problems that we feel called to solve is irrelevant church and making Christianity relevant again is becoming a solution. So we started talking about it and we got so worked up about it. We're like, well, we got to, we got to create a place that is, that is excellence. We got to create a place that is practical. We got to create a place that is passionate about Jesus. We got to, we can see a mental picture of, of people wanting to come in there because their life's going to be changed by doing that. And we got to do church differently than, than just for Christians. We got to focus on, 
on how can we creating a church for the unchurched that you know and creating in, and speaking in language and using songs and 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 making sure the service is relevant to anybody and everybody that could walk in for the very first time and the more we talked about the problem of irrelevant church the more we became fueled with the passion that this is not just something that could be a church that's relevant that's changing a city it, 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 it's not just something that could be it became a passion that it has to be we have to do this and 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 that is something that has fueled us for all these years and and I think is as is still being fueled and still moving ahead and still doing that but we clearly defined the problem we began to speak to offering a solution what that could look like but then we had to state it simply. That's letter C. You need to state that solution or that vision simply. The more simple you can do it, simple is portable. The more simple you can state it, the, the clearer it's going to be, the more people are likely going to carry that to the next, right? I've heard the One campaign by Bono and, and U2. Like he went around the world touring with U2 and he had the One campaign. And the one campaign, he would raise money in millions and millions of dollars he raised at concerts who people paid hundreds of dollars just to go see there would just donate hundreds more, thousands more in some cases towards his one campaign. Well, his vision, his problem that he was called to solve was, you know, he was moved by one visit that he had to the nation of Africa and saw the abject poverty and is like, he's like, man, I got to do, we got to do something about this. And, you know, we've been given a platform and we have to solve this problem. And so we began to offer a solution and saying, if we can raise money, we can start specifically focusing on the continent of Africa and, and pouring in resources and training people. He did that. But then he's like, how do I state this simply? And his vision statement for the one campaign was to make poverty history. And I was like, well, that's stating it simply. It, it's, it's so concise and so to the point that that I'm I'm still remembering it. I saw that concert years and years and years ago, and I still remember what his vision statement was and being moved by it because number one, he defined the problem. Number two, he offered a very practical solution, but he also stated it simply enough that we could carry it and, and get passionate about it. Then letter D, when you have that, you want to repeat it now regularly. Okay, so you offer solution. You state it simply, you repeat it regularly. Because remember, vision leaks. And this is something that in our team huddles, when you get together with your departments and have team huddles, constantly bring up the problem that we're called to solve as the host team is. The problem we're called to solve as the worship team is. The problem we're called to solve as my city care and the reason why we're doing Cinderella Project. The problem we're called to solve is... Bring it up and don't just assume that everybody knows the problem or that they're intuitively they got it all figured out. Don't just assume they know it. Repeat it regularly because vision leaks. It's amazing how quickly vision leaks and you define the problem and then saying this is our solution. We are offering the solution. This is what we're doing and we're stating it very, very simply. We're repeating it regularly. You will feel like a broken record as a leader that you're saying the same things over and over again, and you are. But by the time you're sick of it, just your your core team is just getting it. And by your the time, just keep saying it. By the time your core team is sick of hearing it, it the next layer is just getting it. And by the time the next layer is just getting it, right, the customer or the the people you're the community around you is just getting it. 
And I love the fact that we are now having people are having stories come back of, of different uh, agencies around the community, different governments around the community that are now stating our come alongside. This is Parallel Church, and now they're stating our vision. They're a church that comes alongside, and they do this, and they're using our language, right, and repeating it and going, wow, okay, we're doing it in such a way that those even in our community are starting to get it. Well, that happens by stating it simply, repeating it regularly, and regularly, and more often, all the time. And then letter E is celebrate it systematically. Okay, so systematically. What does that systematically means? I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to make a habit. I'm going to put it in my calendar. I'm going to have a weekly celebration, a monthly celebration, a yearly celebration. We're going to find some way to systematically celebrate the solutions that we're offering. So every time we get together and do a campus pastor meeting, we do it weekly. We start every single one of those meetings with, hey, what are the wins this week? And they each one of us goes around and we repeat some wins that show that we're on mission, that we're on vision, that we're doing what what we want. And that's just a regular habit of a quest, simple question at the beginning of our, of our meeting. That's a way that we can celebrate systematically the, the solution that we're providing to the problem that we feel called to solve. And then letter F is... Uh, part of offering a solution is embrace it personally, okay, is that we as leaders can't just offer a solution if we're not part of that solution. We have to embrace it personally, and and that means that if we're casting a vision for small groups, that means that we have to participate in and embrace it personally in small groups. If we're casting a vision of you know, host teams, then we have to, we have to be embrace it, not just say it, we have to embrace it personally and, and follow through on us. All right. So how to create unity in a team. Number one, clearly define the problem. Number two, offer a, a simple solution, a clear solution. Number three, then we need to explain to our team, explain why us, why are we the ones to offer this solution to this problem? Why, why, why is it us? Why is it you? Explain to the people that you recruit on your team and saying, hey, this is why we recruited you and why you're here to be help us be a part of this solution. If you're part of the host team, we're, we're wanting people who are coming into our church. They're coming in nervous. They're coming in very afraid. They're coming in, you know, we've said things like, how would you feel if you were to visit a mosque for the first time? You'd feel like you don't know. What do I wear? What, where do I go? How do I stand? Do I sit? Do I stay? What do I do? I don't even know what to do. And you feel those nerves in walking into an unfamiliar situation. Well, just imagine people walking into the church for the first time feeling the exact same way. That's a problem that you're called to solve. Why? Why us? Well, we recruited you because because you are you've got this attractive personality, one contagious joy that we want you to be a part of. We want you to be the first person they see, and we want you to be one of the first. You just make people feel easy about themselves. That's why us. And you begin to explain why why it's us, why it's our team, what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, why us? So letter A in that one is you want to start with why. You know, don't before we recruit somebody and then and then we tell them what we do we we first of all before we tell them what we do on our team we tell them why we do what we do 
right? So start with why. That's that's vital. That's again, this is the problem we're called to solve. This is the solution. This is why why we've picked you. Then you can describe B, then what? Okay? So then what? This is this is what we do. Okay? And then you can explain how. So a lot of times when we recruit people and start training people, we start teaching them how and then we say, "Well, this is what we do," and then we explain why. It's vital to, to again, create unity, create everybody on the same page. It's, it's vital for us to start with why. This is the problem we're called to solve. This is the solution. This is why we've picked you. Then this is what we do, and this is then this is how we do it. Okay, and then fourthly, how to create unity on team is explain why now. This is all about creating urgency to us becoming the solution to the problem that we've identified. Why now? This is creating urgency. And letter A is communicate your vision as a solution to a problem that must be addressed immediately. You want to create urgency. This is vital. This is important. The timing is important. Create that urgency. If we have these four things, a clearly defined problem, clear solution, tight why and explaining why us and then why now it's unity people are going to rally around it and teams will be unified in moving forward and all on the same page all right so those are four ways to create unity within a team thank you for listening to the parallel leaders podcast if you're looking for additional resources tools and conversations to move your organization forward and capture the hearts of your community check out parallelleaders.com and make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Leaders. We'll see you next time.